Hello and welcome. I'm Dave Mertz, Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Simplex, and uh, welcome back to our podcast. So we've done several of these so far, and uh, we're really enjoying it. Today, I have with me Jason Drought. Uh, Jason is our Director of Multifamily and Commercial Business at Simplex, and you know, Jason and I have worked together for almost 21 years. So, hey, welcome, welcome to the call, Jason. Appreciate it, Dave. Glad to be here. Yeah, now Jason and I are speaking. If if anybody is curious, uh, we're on our phones and we're working remotely right now. Even though we're back running at Simplex, and we've been back now. This is our first week back with the plant running, and uh, we we're pleasantly surprised with with the attendance. You know, there was some apprehension uh, with everything, obviously, that's going on with with the pandemic. Uh, but as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, we've been cleared to to work and putting certain uh, safety precautions in place, uh, we were able to, to uh, begin production. But there was always in the back of our mind what our attendance was, was going to be. And out of 125 employees in our plant, I think our uh, absenteeism was like uh, maybe a, a dozen people when we came back on Monday. So we're thrilled. And it, and it turned out really that the, uh, the, the, the people working in our plant were anxious to come back and uh, I think everybody's got their heads on right, and we're looking forward to just working our way back through the system and and learning how to re- work remotely and safely in the plant. But uh, you know, it, it it's great. The salespeople never really stopped working. We were working remotely, and then two weeks ago we came back into our offices and began to work. So you know, we're looking forward to future worse. So as I said, Jason, welcome, and uh, you know. Uh, I, I want to take a minute and, and talk about Jason Drouse at our plant before we really get into the questions about multifamily. But as, as I said, Jason and I have worked together uh, for just about 21 years. Uh, I came to Simplex more in the, in, as a career change in the middle of my career. Jason started when he was still in high school and uh, started on a program working in our, our drafting department. And uh, when he graduated, he, uh, he came to uh, Simplex in a full-time position working in drafting. Jason, jump in if, if, if I'm, I'm messing this up at all, but you uh, worked in our drafting department for like six years? Yes, years? that is correct. Six, it was about six years before I made a transition over uh, to sales. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Jason expressed an interest um, in, in, in sales. He has a, he's a very outgoing personality and, and one of the unique things about Jason's skills is he would self-educate on things. Uh, he had a creative personality. For instance, he was one of the first guys at Simplex that had an iPhone. And back in 2005, 2006, when they came out, and then as it caught on, Jason, by the time everybody else at Simplex had an iPhone, Jason was an expert. So Jason used to always give us little tips and shortcuts on, on, on how to better use an iPhone. But, what what made Jason successful when he came into the sales department at Simplex and he first came in in, in working for me in the residential division was that uh, if he didn't know something, he would go research it and and find out about it, and and it led to a lot of success for him. And and as our multifamily business grew, uh, we we needed to turn to somebody like Jason who had experience in the engineering world. He had a sales personality. Uh, he was willing to new to learn new things, and that that led to a lot of success for Jason. 
And, um, you know, I, I'll get off my soapbox, Jason, but can you, can you add a little bit about your, your, your career at Simplex before we get started? Absolutely, Dave. Um, you know, 21 years is, is certainly a long time. Uh, you know, back in 99, like you said, I started uh, while I was still in high school on a co-op program. And, um, you know, I had a had an interest in drafting and design, um, you know, had a family background uh, in that. My grandfather was an engineer and uh, had an uncle that was an architect. And, um, you know, during my initial, you know, drafting and design um schooling, I, I had to decide whether I was going to go, you know, on a mechanical or an architectural route. And, and I had interest in architecture. Um, an opportunity came up for a co-op position here at Simplex. And, and, you know, obviously I was excited to take it and, uh, um, uh, enjoyed it and thought, you know, I'm going to do this for maybe a year or two, uh, before I continue my, uh, education and go on to college. And, uh, you know, advance in that direction. Uh, well, you know, it turns out I, I never left. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's just been a great place to work. And, uh, as you mentioned, you know, I mean, this, this industry is different. Um, just being intrigued by it and going out into the plant, talking to the different departments, seeing how things were framed, um, understanding why and how we do things helped me, uh, a lot in the, being successful in the drafting and design side of our business. And then, um, you know, uh, I wanted more, uh, as I expressed to, like, yourself and senior management. Um, and, uh, you know, opportunity came to come over to the sales side and and uh, really grateful for that. And, you know, I had a, a successful uh, career in in the single family side. And then um, I think it was 2013 when, uh, I had the opportunity to move over to the multifamily division. So, I mean, it's been a it's been a great journey here, and uh, you know, I'm I'm grateful for it. That's, that's fantastic. And I know, you know, I I I personally have enjoyed our working relationship, and and and, and, and always enjoy working with you. So, uh, Likewise. so anyhow, you know, tell me, we're just talk a minute about uh, how. Over these past podcasts, I've talked to you know a lot of builders and 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 Pat Pershoni, the owner of Simplex, and Dave Pinella, our vice president of Simplex, and and talked a little bit about how everybody's had to adapt uh, during the course of the events of this pandemic. So, how you know have you had to do anything different? Uh, how did you adapt? How did you communicate? How did you stay positive uh, in, in in your world? Well, you know, I I. <laughs> held up better than I thought I would. Let me let me put it that way. You know, um, I'm I'm one of the few that probably you know this quarantining worked to my advantage because um, I was already home recovering from recent back surgery, and uh, it gave me ability to to rest. Um, you know, as I needed, uh, but also still work. And um, you know, for me individually, that was that was a positive. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, thankfully, knowing that I was already going to be out of the office for a couple of weeks uh, recovering, I had already had myself set up prior to, uh, you know, everything shutting down and, and the, the quarantine going into effect that, you know, I was I was already um, had the ability to, to work from home. So my routine there as far as, you know, pricing and responding to clients really, really wasn't impacted. 
Um, the biggest change that I, you know, I noticed was just communication in general, uh, the way everybody was, uh, you know, being constantly on the phone, um, not being able to just, you know, walk down the hall or go over to the other departments and talk to the people here internally. Um, and then also, you know, with clients and, and, you know, design teams, keeping, keeping active projects moving forward. Um, you know, everybody seemed to adapt quickly to this, uh, clients and architects, engineers, and, uh, you know, it was business as usual, but it was in a different way as, because everybody was doing it virtually. So, um, you know, to, it, it really helped me keep a positive attitude, um, just knowing that, uh, uh, not only us as a company, but as an industry could adapt so quickly. And it gave me hope that we'd be back to business uh, as we currently are. You know, and I have to, I have to agree with you. I, I think the, the, the transition went a lot smoother than, than I expected. I guess my only regret is that I didn't buy Zoom stock uh, three months ago. Uh, <laughs> I was looking at some of these, you know, these, these, these companies that, 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 have had unintended consequences, positive or negative, because of the COVID. And uh, Zoom stock is going up about 300%. So I guess the opportunity to get in on 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 the downside of that has, has passed us by. But um, well, you know, Jason, I, I appreciate you filling in uh, the background of your career, and uh, it's you know you have you have many more years to uh, to enjoy that and and, uh, and and hone your skills. But you know, I want to now kind of switch gears and, and talk about the multifamily business because in in the past five or six years, uh, the modular housing industry in general has been a big transition to multifamily for a lot of different reasons. But, you know, to give a little history about Simplex's multifamily business, you know, the Simplex has been in business for 49 years and we always did a certain degree of multifamily or projects or, or like commercial work. But, up until the, you know, the great recession of 2008, uh, single family business was dominant for us. And, and it was probably three quarters of our business. And then, you know, a quarter of our business was, was multifamily. But when the recession hit, it redefined the, the building industry. And, and, and as we emerged from the recession in 2000, I think it was about 2011, um, we were asked to build a, uh, a very large project for Mansfield State University in Pennsylvania. It was two large dormitory buildings. And at the time, uh, Pennsylvania and New York State uh, was, was experiencing, um, with, with their educational system, a lot of privatized student housing. And, and they reached out to the modular industry. And it really kick-started us out of, out of uh, our recession for building and allowed us to open up our second plant, and that was about a year and a half to two years build. And and we we at that time were almost like a one and two person uh, team in our multifamily, but that changed the whole dynamic because residential still was was lagging behind. And and as 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 one successful project uh, begot another successful project, and then Jason. Um, got involved in, in our, our multifamily division in 2013. And then, Jason, why don't you take it from there and, and just talk a little bit about, you know, 
what has changed in the multifamily business and in the market? You know, where do you where do you think it's headed? And and, and just kind of an overview of the multi market because you know we get a lot of calls about it, and and some people know a lot about it, and some people know very little about it. Sure, Dave. Um, you know, yeah, I remember 2013 very well. I mean, you know, when I came over to the multi-family division, um, you know, I had been thrown right into two large student housing projects for, for SUNY. And um, that's what I got my, my teeth cut on here uh, in the multi-family. And, um, you know, at the time, like you said, we had we had a, a bunch of student housing projects um, within a good two or three year span there. And, um, you know, it seemed to be pop, very popular at the time. Um, you know, the, it, it's still there, but you know, it's the sector I think is now gone, um, more of a private developer scenario who partners with the universities, um, to supply them with their needs, but rather than the, the universities directly. Um, but, uh, you know, in general, the multifamily, um, market you know my experience is really that uh, uh there's different needs and trends geographically um you know i i i've noticed a, an influx of of senior and supportive housing uh in this, the state of new jersey um you know it appears to be a, a large demand for that uh, right now matter of fact you know just this week i was on the phone with a developer who you know i had i had built a project for about Oh, about two years ago in, in Franklin Lakes, New Jersey. And you know, he's, he's talking to about five other municipalities, just, you know, looking to partner with him more on more units to, to meet their needs in, in the individual uh, townships. Um, you know, that's just, that's one segment of, of the market. Um, you know, then you get into the, to the market rate rental apartments and, you know, um, like a, a big hot spot for that for us has been Philadelphia. I mean, that, that market has been great over the last, probably over the last four or five years. Um, we've built some really good relationships with developers down there. Um, I'm, I'm currently, you know, to this day working on, on new relationships with others that are, are looking to do the same type of, of, of product. Um, and, uh, another, uh, on another note, you know, I mean, there's there's also the the affordable and workforce housing um, need in different areas, and you know, right now, what, you know, what I see there, you know, is is you know, Westchester County area of New York. There's been a lot of activity in that, um, even out on on Long Island uh, for affordable, uh, some senior, uh, definitely workforce housing out there. Um, so it's you know it's geographically um, I think every every area has certain needs and um, you know we we just try to try to fulfill them. And, and it's really interesting, you know, and and I know that we get um, we get a lot of inquiries about it, you know, even our single family guys, and it, it, it kind of states to again how the market has changed uh, that you know we'll. Even when you're talking to a, a person, a, a new builder, about um, residential housing, and, and it, but a, a lot of times the conversation evolves is, do you guys do multifamily? Because it's uh, 
you know, it, for a lot of different reasons, I think it's changed because it, the, the uh, entry level residential market, I, I'd say it, it exists to a degree, but it doesn't exist like it used to. And so that, that you know, changed into uh, new, the new entry level market could be rental housing for, the, you know, a college graduate that they can't, because of student loans, they can't afford um, the first time home. And uh, so they're, you know, like everything, everything's a, they talk about the circle of life. Well, this is the circle of housing. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested in the complexity of these projects. Can you t- can tell our listeners how complex do some of these projects get in, in, in you know, in a build out time? How long from the first time you say hello on the phone to the time that you do the final work walkthrough in the project? How long does this take? So I'm, uh, you know, I, I'd have to answer that in, in probably, you know, just two parts here. So um, from a complexity, you know, we, you know, we, I mean, we build all different types of products, as you mentioned, you know, from the single family to multifamily, that could, which could be townhouse style projects. It, it, it could be apartment, like two-story apartment over under projects. Um, it could be mid-rise, uh, you know, double corridor loaded um projects and and you know in the mid-rise um market uh you know ideally four stories uh you know that falls under type five construction which which is uh common for us in 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 anyone in the multifamily business um but when you get into five-story buildings uh the code does allow in in most states um them to be built using type three construction and um you know that's where it gets complex because there's there's a uh, a bunch of additional materials and labor that's needed to maintain the fire ratings, um, and uh, you know there's specific materials uh, like fire retardant treated lumber and such that needs to be incorporated into them. So um, <clears throat> you know on a on a factory side that would probably be the most complex uh, that we get into. You know, but then there's the complexity on the site side as well. You know, you get a lot of these these buildings that um, you know are being designed with uh, uh, you know large uh, hipped roof assemblies, and uh, you know I'd say you know they're most complex because there's a lot more work on site required by the set crew installing uh, truss sections, and and then and then there's always the need to be maintaining the modules from the the elements and protecting them. So, you know, weather is not always in our favor during sets, so we always have to be uh, cognizant of that and and plan and, and be prepared. Um, so, you know, I, I always look at that from, from twofold from a complexity side. Um, as far as time uh, from in- introduction to completion, you know, uh, it could vary depending on the size of the project, you know, I mean, I, I would just say if I were to use like a hundred modules as an example, let's say there's a, there's a project that, that, that's going to consist of a hundred modules that we have to design, manufacture, deliver, and set, you know, that, that would probably be a, a total of a, of a six month process from initial design state. Cause once we get into the design state, you know, we're going to be, working directly with with the owner's design team uh having weekly meetings or in 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 this time right now you know obviously virtual meetings 
and uh, getting a set of uh, state or third party approved plans so they could go for permitting. We have you know contract negotiations, uh, procurement of materials. Then we get into manufacturing. Then we have the delivery, and then obviously the set. Um, you know, the ma- manufacturing the set is is fairly quick. I mean, it would take approximately ten weeks to to manufacture um, uh, that many modules. And then, you know, during that time, you know, we would have some overlap uh, towards the end of that, which we would begin to deliver and set, which, you know, a set on something of that size would take about three to four weeks. So, I mean, that process does go fairly quickly. It's, um, and that's where, the, that's where the time savings really comes with, with modular construction because, you know, there's a point where, you know, you have all the upfront <clears throat> design process uh, that you would have with any, any type of build. Once you get into uh, construction and breaking ground and starting excavation and foundations on site, we simultaneously could be uh, manufacturing here at the factory. So, you know, the end result is you're able to, to, to get the building up and operational and, uh, you know, cut, cut the time down um, drastically, which, you know, the clients love because it, it certainly saves them uh, overall on, on their, their soft costs. You know, and, and, you know, I look at you as, as you know, the, the quarterback of the multifamily team because you, you know, you, you're dealing with the customer, you deal with the set crew, but, you know, just take a moment and, 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 and tell, tell us about, you know, uh, the other support systems that are in place, like the, the, the engineering and, 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 and how do we get that done in a timely fashion and, and what kind of support do we have in field during the set and the completion of the process? Sure, absolutely. Um, you know, we—I mean, we have a—we have a great team here. We have a, a lot of experience all around. Um, you know, we—we we get involved. Um, you know, with the design team, we don't uh, drive the design. We—we—we we, we work with the architects and help them modularize it uh, to to make make the project feasible to be built in in a factory setting. Um, you know. The as far as um, you know, here internally, you know, we I have uh, Nancy Rizzo, my, my project coordinator here. You know, she helps with getting the submittal process done on all the materials, get them sent out, get them approved by the architects uh, prior to you know going the contract, prior to ordering and procuring materials, um, and then you know even during the manufacturing. Um, Side of things, you know, our team from everywhere from production to quality control, um, uh, purchasing, uh, senior management. You know, we have weekly uh, multifamily project meetings, and we discuss all active project me- uh, projects that are, are currently being built. And um, you know, we just if, if there are any any things that come up that need to be discussed and, and need resolution, we we figure it out as a team and. Uh, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a key to our success there. And then, you know, on, on the site side of things, um, you know, which makes us, uh, I think, unique, um, at least from, from conversations I have with, with other clients who have past experience with, with different manufacturers is, um, you know, we, we have a site supervisor that is on site during not only duration of the set, 
we we keep them there. They remain there. They do the after set inspections. They walk the modules with the client. We determine um, the condition of which they are in before you know releasing any trades in there. And um, if if there's any punchless items that come up during those walkthroughs, uh, our our site supervisor communicates back here with the factory. We uh, we put together a team of uh, service personnel and send them out there to assist in taking care of any any issues that that would arise because uh, you know you you do have that um, and um, but that also um, plays a big part to our success uh, specifically in this market because um, it it allows us to take care of the issues on site. And not have to uh, have have you know uh, an argument uh, with, you know with the client at the end over back charges and this and that and um, you know at the end of the job when it's all said and done and we part ways we're 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 still friends and that has led you know to numerous repeat business from our customers. I mean, yeah. in, in just the short time I've had here. I, I can't tell you how many customers I have that have bought three, four, five, you know, buildings from us. It's it's um and and and, made, and I do contribute all that. the difference. Yes, absolutely, yep. absolutely. You know, because I, I think back in 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 the again over the twenty some years that we've been at Simplex together, when our multifamily division was um, pretty much a one man operation, and you know after the project was sold. Uh, then he became the, the designer. He became the cost person. He became the set coordinator. He became the person in in field. And and you know because the modular industry attracts a lot of people that that have never done modular before. They 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 really like the concept, but they they're not familiar with some of the idiosyncrasies that go along with building a modular and. And when they get the project in field, they don't understand how things work. And, and we overcame that by putting people in field. And it, it not only helped the project go smoother, but as you said, it, it dramatically increased our return business because we had an expert in field overseeing the project to help overcome any kind of potential problems as they arose. And it's been huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So, you know, Jay, I, I, what advice, because as, as we have uh, listeners out there that, that may be interested in getting into, whether it's a small project that, you know, we refer to our modules as boxes, you know, maybe it's a small project that it might be 10, 12, 16 boxes or something that's, you know, 100 boxes. Would, what advice would you give to a developer if they were considering modular and how to prepare for it and and you know what homework should they they do before um, they start to look for look into the modular uh, as a solution for what they what they want to do. Well, um, in a in a perfect world, and it it doesn't always go this way, but you know would be you know to identify if if you want to go the modular direction um, would be to to, to research. Um, a manufacturer get get on board with the manufacturer um, early on, and uh, you know, be sure that that they not only have the knowledge and the experience, but uh, 
know, uh, financial stability, the capacity to meet the demands of, of the size of, of your project, and the, the you know the pers- personnel to handle large scale projects. Um, you know, there's different there's different size manufacturers out there, and uh, you know, uh, fortunately for us, you know, we do have personnel, we do have the uh, the capacity, and uh, you know that's that's helped as well over the years, um, gaining some some very large, uh, you know, two hundred living unit plus you know projects. Such. My 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 second item on that would be the design team. Um, try and try and connect yourself with the uh, architect or design team who's familiar with modular. And and if they're not, um, I would say you know going back to my previous statement. Engage with the manufacturer, or have them engage with their manufacturer early on, and and they can assist the design team with their building parameters. Because although you know at the end of the day we're we're all somewhat similar, you know we all have certain certain ways that we do things or or certain parameters that we like to follow on an individual basis. So you know um, modularizing a site plan built is sometimes very very challenging and can impact you know overall footprints and, and, and layouts and such so uh, you know being smart uh, and, and, and you know getting the right people involved from the beginning uh, certainly could could uh, help that and then and then lastly you know there's because it's 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 a whole team you got to put together and and I would say lastly is research the, the general contractors and construction managers um, and, and find ones that have modular experience, uh, as well as the subcontractors, you know, the, the electricians, the plumbers, the HVAC, you know, mechanical guys, you know, because modular construction, I mean, it c- continues to gain popularity. And, uh, you know, again, to find the right team who understands the scope, I mean, that to me is, is the key to a, to a successful project. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Really good. So, well, Jason. Hey, it, I, I want to thank you uh, so much for taking time. I know that you're really in the middle of planning and working on a couple future projects right now. You had some conference calls uh, before this, and I, I know you have a full plate. And uh, I really appreciate you taking you know this half hour with me to, to kind of educate the people that are out there listening to us. And and it, and it's been it's been a joy. And um, I appreciate you. I appreciate you inviting me on, and uh, you know, thank you, thank you. Yeah, and you know, if if anybody that's listening is looking to contact Jason, of course they can reach out uh, to Simplex and, and call Jason's email is jdrouth@simplexhomes.com. You can find us on 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 our website www.simplexhomes.com. You can reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram or through LinkedIn. So. You know, we're, we're, we're out there on the grid and we, and we can be found. And, and if there are any of our listeners that are, are interested in a future project, Jason is, is our guy and, um, he could take you by the hand and, 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 and lead you to a, to a successful end. So again, Jason, thanks very much. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners and we look forward to talking to you again soon.